0: Welcome to the Fasting Reset Podcast for cutting-edge and practical health information on fasting where we promise to support you on your fasting journey with every single episode. Become a master faster. And now, here's your host, Chantel Ray.
1: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And I'm so excited. One of my favorite people, Ben Azadi, is on the show with Keto Camp and he has a brand new book out. Hold it up for everyone, Ben. Um, it is called Keto Flex and we're going to dive into some amazing topics. So, welcome, Ben.
0: Chantel, grateful to be back with you. Hi.
1: <laughs> so tell listeners, a, give us a little glimpse of kind of your favorite parts of the book, uh, KetoFlex.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the book outlines my four pillars and the four pillars are designed to help you achieve metabolic flexibility. And I teach the these ancient healing strategies that we have available to us, ketosis, fasting. There's even a chapter about carnivore in there. And there's even a chapter chapter 12 on how to do keto and fasting specifically for women. So the book outlines the four pillars. And then I go a little bit more custom when we talk about how women should apply this tool. But the goal is to get somebody from being a sugar burner, eating a standard American diet, which is 300 to 400 grams of carbs per day, and get them into ketosis, which is anti-inflammatory. Of course, it's fat burning. It could support the thyroid. It could support so many functions inside of your body. And then we pair that with fasting, which is the second pillar. And there's different fasting strategies in there. After we complete those two pillars, we transition into the carnivore pillar, where we start eliminating plant nutrients and plant toxins and just heal the gut. And at that point, you should be now keto adapted. Then there's a big difference between fat adaption and keto adaption. Fat adaption could take place in seven to 14 days. That just means you're in ketosis. You're burning fat. That's great. But the goal is to get keto adapted. So now your cells and your mitochondria are preferring to use ketones as the primary fuel source. That typically takes eight to 12 weeks. So that's the timeline before we start practicing keto flexing. And the book outlines how to do it, what foods to eat, what foods to stay away from, how to test glucose and ketones. And it's heavily focused on fasting, which I know you love and your audience loves because fasting, when you apply to any nutritional plan, It's going to upgrade that plan. It doesn't have to be keto. It could be paleo. It could be a vegan diet. So we talk a lot about fasting inside of the book as well.
1: Let's talk about if people are in a rut, because I do get some emails all the time that are like, you know, I've lost a bunch of weight and now I'm in a little bit of a rut. What are some things that they can do to kind of give them a jolt of like extreme weight loss where they can kind of feel like, okay, I need like that little boost right now to get me on the right
0: track. Yeah. I get those emails too. I'm sure somebody listening is like, (laughs) yeah, what's the answer here? (laughs) Well, the first thing is to revisit the fundamentals of health and make sure those are are rock solid. And that's going to be sleep. Your body burns most of its fat burning hormones are activated, I should say, during Delta stage four deep sleep. So you want to make sure you're getting good quality sleep. And I would would quantify that as, you know, seven to nine hours of quality sleep. Maybe you're using a sleep tracker to make sure you're getting enough REM sleep and deep sleep. I use the Aura Ring. So, it's not just the total amount of sleep you're getting, but the quality. It's that deep delta sleep where you're activating a lot of your fat burning hormones. The brain is detoxifying. So, make sure you're getting quality sleep. If you hit a plateau, you're in a rut, look at your sleep. And if it's not optimal, work on your sleep. Number two, which is another fundamental of health, is your stress. How are your stress levels? Is your job just creating so much stress in your life, relationships, finances, find ways to filter that stress into positive energy. It's easier said than done, but we wanna make sure we're mastering that stress. Once you got that down pat, then we wanna focus on movement, not necessarily exercise, exercise is great, but movement. So maybe you make it a goal to get 10,000 steps every single day, And even the best thing to do after eating a meal is actually to go for a walk. It's going to help you with fat loss. It's going to help with that postprandial glucose. So maybe adopt the habit of a 10 to 15 minute walk after your meals and aim to get 10,000 steps per day. Now, let's say you're doing all that and you're still in a rut. The next thing to do is to mix it up, just like a great personal trainer that you hire is always going to change up the workout for you. What would happen if he, he gave you the same workout routine every single week, you would get, begin to plateau and you would be in a rut. So a smart person or trainer knows I want to keep the body guessing. I want to keep the body adapting this week. We're going to do high rep and low weight. Next week we're going to do low rep and high And we're going to change the workouts. We're going to hit different angles. So it's the same thing with your fasting schedule. I'm not a big fan of having the same schedule every single day. I like to mix things up. So if you're doing 16-8 every single day of a fast, maybe you wanna throw in a 24-hour fast once per week, or maybe you wanna change that to 18-6 instead of a 16-8. Or maybe you're doing too much fasting and you wanna have a couple of days where you're not fasting. So that's a perfect example right there. Mix it up and change it up. And if you're doing keto, it might be a time to start flexing out or just change your foods that you're eating. Every time you change, the body has to adapt. This is called hormesis and it creates a positive stress because good cells get stronger when you force a stress and bad cells don't adapt. So it's like survival of the fittest. So that would be my recommendation for those in a rut and focus on health, not necessarily weight loss. The body needs to get healthy to lose the weight, not necessarily lose weight to get healthy.
1: Hey guys, I'm so excited. My new book, One Meal and a Tasting, is out now. And if you order the book on Amazon, just the regular paperback edition, if you go in and make a review, you will get the audiobook for free. Send a copy of your receipt to questions at and you'll get the audiobook right away. So one of the terms that I love that you say is keto flex. And I think maybe one time we talked about on the podcast, cause I kind of say, you know, for me personally, I like to say I eat a keto ish diet, you know? And what I mean by that is like, it's not, it's definitely not like keto, 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 but I call it keto ish. So I want you to, talk about what is, do you use the term keto-ish or just keto flex?
0: <laughs> I use keto flex, but it sounds okay. like there's a lot of similarities there.
1: <laughs> okay. So explain to me what you call keto, what is your version of keto flex or keto-ish?
0: Yeah. And I would argue that a lot of people who don't think they're doing keto, but when they do fasting are technically doing keto, because fasting yes. is a great way to get into ketosis. As you know, my, my definition of keto flexing is getting your body fat adapted, burning fat, and then flexing in and out of ketosis. And the way that I came up with this is studying our ancestors, right? And I don't think we should do everything our ancestors did, but we're genetically hardwired to practice these ancient healing strategies. Ketosis, for example, keto technically is not even a diet. It's a metabolic process. And every single one of our ancestors, they were in ketosis because their environment kind of forced them into ketosis, Fast forward to this day and age, we have a keto deficiency with the standard American diet. So it's just a way to get you into ketosis. And then we don't want to stay there because our ancestors didn't stay in ketosis long term. They flexed in and out. And that's where the definition of keto flex comes into play. It's more sustainable. You could enjoy yourself. You could still get the benefits of keto, but still go to that wedding or go to that event and get yourself out and then build up this metabolism so you could flex in and out without a hiccup. And that's the definition in a long answer of Keto Flex.
1: So let's talk about kind of cheat days or days where you go, you know what? I am going to have a bunch of carbs. Maybe I'm going to a wedding or I'm going on vacation. What does that look like for you? And how do you train people on that?
0: Yeah, and, and that's a great question because it's realistic, right, Chanteau? I mean, it's really difficult to keep yourself in ketosis and stay there for an extended period of time. I'm talking about months and years because we have those events, we have those dinners, we have those get-togethers, and we want to be able to enjoy ourselves, which I'm totally a fan of. Of course, we want to have healthy carbs. So for me, uh, it's an abundance of fruit. It's, it's sometimes ice cream. Yeah, I have like some Halo Top ice cream. Uh, it's going to be sweet potatoes, yam, even white rice I'll have. I do take uh, berberin on those days that I'm having higher carbs. Berberin is a great way to kind of regulate your glucose. So I'll take a couple capsules of berberin on those high carb days. And I I try to make myself become more active, especially after I eat a big high carbohydrate meal, because the benefits of doing that uh, is tremendous. When you are active either before a big high carb meal, or after that meal, you activate AMPK and you activate another process called the glute four transporters, which is going to take that glucose spike from the meal. And instead of having that being stored as fat and having a big glucose spike, when you're active around that meal, it's going to, the glut four transporters are going to help shuttle that glucose into your cells, your muscle cells and liver cells to be used for energy. So you get less fat storage, more fat burning and you're able to actually get those carbs and enjoy it without any of the, the consequences. So for me, I like, I, I tend to stick to healthy carbohydrates. Uh, it's two things I don't make an exception on gluten. I don't do really good with gluten. So I always make sure I'm eating gluten-free and vegetable oils, everything else I'll make an exception on, but gluten-free and no vegetable oils. And I, I'm going to feel good.
1: I love that you said that. I I feel the same exact way. So one of the things that you talked about that I wanted to ask you about was the hydrogen water first of what is that? And I want you to expand a little bit more on how women and men are different when it comes to fasting. So if you're coaching somebody who's a woman versus a man, what are kind of those differences?
0: Yeah. So I'll tackle the first question first. Hydrogen water is terrific. It's a great, if you want to call it a biohack, it's it's water that has been infused with hydrogen. Hydrogen is the first element on the periodic table. And it's uh, there because it's very small. And, and the reason that's a benefit is because the fact that it's such a small element has the ability to cross your cell membranes. And it's been called a selective antioxidant. So it could turn on longevity genes and downregulate bad genes. So it helps with inflammation. There's also over a thousand studies, a combination of human and animal studies, but over a thousand studies currently on hydrogen water, how it helps with type two diabetes, how it stimulates ghrelin. So it helps actually with your brain and and, uh, mental clarity and mental performance. It also could help with your gut function. So I drink hydrogen water first thing in the morning and throughout the day, I also give it to my dog. I feel really good. It's also really important to take it when you're traveling. It's going to help with jet lag. It doesn't taste like anything, but uh, I know that it's doing some good things. And there's some great studies out there. If you just go on PubMed or these these websites to kind of see what hydrogen is doing for you. So it's a selective antioxidant. That's why I love it. Um, The next question was about how should women do fasting differently than men? As you know, and you teach this, it should be done differently. Uh, Men have a 24-hour hormone cycle. And women who are menstruating have a 28-day hormonal cycle and postmenopausal women have a different cycle as well. So those three people, different types of people, different types of uh, balancing hormones should do a different type of approach. Men could get away with more aggressive fasting protocols because we have that 24-hour period where our hormones are kind of um, recycling, if you will. And that's why a lot of men, as you probably have seen, get faster results when they do fasting and keto because they could be more aggressive. They don't have to worry about their menstrual cycle or their ovaries are shut down. So their adrenals are picking up the slack. We don't have to worry about that. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Now, a a menstruating woman, so a woman who has a monthly cycle, the the most important week to pay attention to is the five to seven days before the period. So it's recommended that you track your cycle. And if you know your period is going to come in seven days from now, Those seven days preceding your period is the seven days you don't want to do too much fasting because you want to build progesterone. And progesterone is that hormone that tells you everything's all right, you're calm, and it helps keep estrogen in check. Those two hormones, estrogen and progesterone, are typically very low the seven days before the period. And if you do a lot of fasting and a lot of keto you will deplete those hormones even further, which will lead to cravings during that week for carbohydrates and sugar, and it could lead to an irregular cycle, heavy menstrual cycle. So the best time to practice fasting is not that week. We wanna maybe cap our fasting schedule, not beyond 14 hours, those seven days. Once your period starts, you have your full bleed, that week is the best week to be more aggressive with your fasting schedule. If you want to do a forty-eight hour fast, that would be the week to do it. If you want to do a block fast, three or more days, that will be the week to do it because your hormones—you're you're doing it according to your your cycle. Uh, so that's the menstruating women. Now the postmenopausal women, you still want to have a balance because uh, fasting is a stress to the body, and it's a great stress that forces the body to adapt and great things happen, which is called hormesis. But when a woman is now postmenopausal, The ovaries have retired. They've said, you know, peace out, I've done my work. So the ovaries shut down and now the adrenal glands pick up the slack. So this is the time you wanna do a lot of methods to kind of master your stress. And if you do a lot of fasting at this time, it could tax your adrenals, especially if your stress bucket is overflowing. So you do wanna balance out your fasting and your feasting during your postmenopausal phase. And how you could simply do that is maybe just throw in, if you're doing like an 18-hour fast every day, maybe you just have one day per week where you don't do any fasting and you just reset things and you have your breakfast lunch and dinner of course in the book keto flex i go a little bit deeper and i give you a week by week breakdown but in general those are the ways to to do it men versus women